as a lot of y'all know, I'm not Braden. Um, if it's new to you, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but my name is Zach. I lead the middle school boys. Yeah, they're quiet, apparently. Um, so, so, and Braden has given me the privilege to talk tonight, and so I'm really excited to talk to y'all. It's our last message um, in the series that we've called Triggered, which is about taking back your mind in the age of anxiety. So tonight, what I'm going to talk about involving anxiety is actually about how, what anxiety, how anxiety relates to failure. And so, so what we're going to talk about is three problems and three solutions. So if you're taking notes, it's going to be really simple. There's going to be three problems and three solutions on the projector. Um, and all of those are coming from Numbers 20. So if you have your Bible, raise it up. Let's see it. I'm so proud of y'all that are holding up Bibles and phones and whatnot. Open to Numbers 20. And while y'all get there, I'm going to give you some background. So, so Numbers is in the Old Testament. So if you're looking in your Bible, it's in the front area. Um, and it's in this story, we have the Israelites. And the story about the Israelites is they were actually slaves. They were slaves to the Egyptians for a long time. But the Israelites are God's chosen people. And so God said, I don't want you to be slaves anymore. I'm going to free you out of slavery. And he says, I'm going to choose Moses to do that. So this story is about Moses. And so in the story, um, they're, they're slaves, and God performs a whole bunch of miracles all through Moses to let them be free. And then they get freed, and the Egyptians change their mind, and they say, nope, we wanted our slaves back. Even though God just destroyed us, we want our slaves back still. So they, say, so they chase after the Israelites, and as they get to the sea, the Israelites are like, oh no, we're going to be captured and die. God didn't save us. And then another miracle happens. Moses splits the sea. Have you all heard that story? And so he splits the sea, the Israelites go through, the Egyptians die because the sea collapses on them, and it's crazy. And then the Israelites get in trouble again, and they find this place where there's, where there's, no, there's water, but it's dirty. And they say, all right, God, we need water to survive. And God cleans the water for them. And then there's another time when they're hungry because they don't have food. And they say, God, we need food. And he lets manna, which is called what is it, fall from the sky. And the what is it that he made fall was like this bread type of thing. And it falls. And so even after all of this, we get to Numbers 20. God has sustained them all this time. And they get another sticky situation. And so in this situation, we're going to read now the problem that they have. It says, in the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin. They stayed at Kadesh. There, Miriam died and was buried. Now, there was no water for the community. The people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's, the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It's got no grain, no figs, no grapevines, no pomegranates. And on top of all that, there's no water to drink, God. We need water to survive. But they didn't say it to God. Instead, they go to Moses and Aaron. And so that brings us to our first problem. And that problem is when we feel unfulfilled, a lot of times we don't even know where to look for fulfillment. The Israelites in this story are camping. And so I imagine this like traveling circus type of thing, maybe an RV park, you can picture whatever you want. But they, they go to this place and they didn't think because there's no water in this place now. And so they're here, they're like, we already built our tents, but there's no water. And so what do they do when they get thirstier and thirstier? They don't try and solve the issue. Instead, they just fight. And it says they quarrel, they fight and argue, and they go to Moses and Aaron, they say, and they say, we need water, we need water, and they're just fighting, and they resort to fighting to solve all this anxiety that they have because they don't have water. Um, and it reminds me of a story of when I was with my girlfriend, actually. So two weeks ago, 
Yeah. <laughs> I was with my girlfriend, and, and we were on a date. And so it was 11.30 in the morning. And now let me tell you about 11.30 in the morning. Terrible time. Because at 11.30, you've eaten breakfast, but you can't eat lunch at 11.30. That's too early. You're not hungry enough to eat lunch. But you know if you start doing something at 11.30, you start an activity, what's going to happen? You're going to keep doing it, but you're going to get hungry. Because it starts at 11.30. I get hungry about noon. But anyways, so we decide we're going to play tennis at 11.30 in the morning. So we play tennis, and I crushed her. Let me tell you, I don't lose. I don't let my girlfriend win. You don't do that, okay? And so, so anyways, I crush her, and we finish this game, and both of us are still happy because she's not a sore loser. One of the reasons I date her, you know. Um, and so, but we're both really hungry now, and so we decide to go get, to get lunch. And so everything's going well. And, and we're driving there, having a good conversation. And then she goes, oh, that was our turn. Have any of y'all had that where someone says, oh, that was our turn? And, and you know, the, the nice thing to do would have been, oh, it's okay, sweetheart, I'll turn at the next one. But no, I said, what? <laughs> that was our turn? The one there? And I'm driving and, like, swerving my car. I'm like, that was our turn. We missed it. And I, and I just went off. And it, it wasn't because of, like, I... Like, I still loved her, but it wasn't because of that. It was because I was hangry. I wanted food. I was hungry, and we missed our turn, and now I couldn't get the food, and I was hangry. So we quarreled, and we argued, and we fought, and all of this happened, and it gave us so much anxiety that we get to lunch, and we're sitting, and, like, we didn't talk. We just ate our food, and that was it. And so, so that was the problem. I was hungry and not thinking, and, and this unfulfillment that I had ruined our date because it gave us so much anxiety. And we do the same thing with more than just food, though. I want to clarify. We do the same thing when, when a boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up with us, and we realize that they've been filling us up, and we have this unfulfillment. We don't do the right thing a lot of times. Instead, we go binge watch Netflix. And Netflix is going to be our fulfillment. Then we realize, oh, that didn't work. Netflix didn't fill me up. I'm just going to go gossip about the reasons they broke up with me. And then we get more and more anxiety because, because now people have their eyes on, on us and the spotlight's on us. Or there's another story where, where you feel lonely and you're at home and you say, let me take a selfie. And you take that selfie and you say, I'm going to get 300 likes on this selfie. Then hour three goes by and you realize that three hours later, you're not going to have 300 likes on that selfie. And that didn't, the likes that you expected to fill you, you have this unfulfillment. And this just adds up to a ton of anxiety in, in our lives. And the problem is that we're feeling empty because we're not going to things that fill us up. Netflix isn't filling us up. Likes on Instagram aren't filling us up. And the solution is this, we need to look for fulfillment in God. So getting back to this story, we see that, that when life hasn't treated the Israelites like they thought it would, when life isn't treating you the way they thought it would, Moses and Aaron actually know what to do. So in verse 6, we see that what Moses and Aaron do, because they're smart guys, they say, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. You see, all these Israelites came to Moses and Aaron and they were fighting and butting heads, and all they wanted was a fight because that's what they resorted to in their anxiety. But Moses and Aaron said, no, 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 no. God's gotten us through a lot of things. We know what to do. They left the fighting, turned around, and they said, we're going to go talk to God. And that's what we need to train ourselves to do. When we have anxiety in our life, we don't resort to fighting. We need to resort to going to God. Um, and so, so that's, but that's the thing is that they go to God, and this is actually right. But God gives them a solution and leads us to our next problem is that everything is going Moses and Aaron's way right now, and yet we have another problem when life is going our way. And that problem is this. When it looks easy to do something good, we completely forget 
about what God's opinion is. So in verses 7 through 13, this is what it says. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff. That's important. Remember that for later. And you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must I bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm real high and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out in the community, and their livestock drank, which seems great. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. These were the waters of Meribah where the Israelites fought with the Lord and where he was proved holy among them. You see, in this story, Moses forgets what's important because there's so much anxiety in his life. People are fighting all around him and he forgets all Moses wants because people are yelling at him, Moses, we need water, Moses, we need water, Moses needs water. And he says, stop, and strikes the rock with his staff. What did God say? What did God say? What was his instructions? His instructions were, speak to that rock, Moses. But Moses just wanted everyone to be quiet, and so he completely forgets about God's opinion and strikes the rock. And that's our problem is when we are anxious, we forget completely about what God wants us to do. And so what's the solution? The solution is actually easier said than done. It's consider God in all things. So for us, um, we need to consider God in everything. You see, if Moses would have considered God and spoke to the rock, It's awesome because the Israelites get to go into the promised land, this awesome land that God had promised them that was going to be super great, but instead he strikes the rock because there's anxiety everywhere. And you know, what I think Moses needed was a poker chip. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually carry around a poker chip in my pocket everywhere that I go. And this blue poker chip is really important to me, one, because it's blue, and one because, or two, because it's the only one poker chip. So the first thing is that it's a blue poker chip. If you know anything about poker... There are white chips and red chips. White chips and red chips are worth less than blue chips. And so in our life, there's a lot of white chips and red chips. I could let the white chips and the red chips and the things that aren't important in life could get me stressed out and I could get a whole bunch of anxiety from them. But what I do is I have this poker chip in my pocket. Because every time I reach in my pocket for my wallet or keys, I remember, oh, There's only one blue chip in there. And this blue chip is really important, and it reminds me, God is the one blue chip. that You don't need more than one. God is the one important thing. No matter how many white chips and red chips are in my life, the one thing that matters most is God. He's the the most important. And then also another example of how I remember God in all things is is on my phone every three hours. Braden laughed at me because he was on my phone the other day. It just says, do not sin on my phone. That's all it is. Just pops up and says, do not sin. I say, all right, phone, and I put it back away. And that's another way that I'm reminded that I need to remember God in all things. And it's not to show off or to be holy. I don't care. I carry this in my pocket because I don't want people to see it. But it's just a reminder for me because God is in all things, and I need to know that. And yet, however much I know that, I still fail, and I find that the third, the third problem that we're going to talk about. And that problem is that people and things will fail us. So even when there's anxiety in our life, a lot of times we go to people and things, and yet they fail us. So for Moses, you kind of got to give him credit, because God did say, I told you to remember this for later, God did say, Moses, bring your staff. He said, speak to the rock, but he did tell Moses to bring his staff. So for Moses, you got to give him credit, but this, there was a reason for this. 
And it was because Moses had become reliant on his staff. We talked about earlier how he had split the Red Sea. And when Moses went to split the Red Sea, he didn't talk to the sea. What Moses did is he struck his staff in the ground and the Red Sea split. And so what happens is this. God was saying to Moses, Moses, I don't want you to trust in your silly little stick. Don't trust in that. Moses, I need you to trust in me. Because when Moses was called by God, he told God, God, I'm not good at talking. I'm not good at that. But God says, I don't care. I've got control. You're going to be able to speak to that rock. And that's what, that's what we need to remember. You see, on the other hand, the Israelites rely on people. So Moses relies on his stick, and he tries and strikes this rock. But the Israelites relied on people. If we remember earlier when they were fighting and stuff, they go to Moses and Aaron to solve their issues. They say, we don't have, we don't have water. We have a ton of anxiety. Um, Moses and Aaron, will you solve this for us? And when they rely on Moses, what did he do? He failed them, which stinks. But it happened because he relied on his stick. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is this. Jesus is the rock that never changes. You see, in 1 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, so way down the road, this guy named Paul is kind of looking back on the story. And he says, they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. That rock was Christ. You see, we don't need the rock to turn into water in our life. That's cool, but that's not the solution. We don't need a staff or a stick that splits seas because that's really cool, but it's not the solution. You know, we don't need an iPhone that notifies me when people like my picture because that's really cool, but it's not the solution. And we don't need a girlfriend or boyfriend that tells us they love us because that's cool, but in the end, it's not the solution. You see, the solution is Jesus. I listed all those things, and all those things are going to fail us someday. But the one thing that never is going to fail is Jesus. You see, Jesus came from heaven to die on a cross for you to save you from your sins so that you could go to heaven someday. And we're going to live there permanently. And when Jesus was on that cross doing that for you to save you from your sins, he took his last breath, and he, he didn't say anything else other than, it is finished. Listen to those words. When anxiety comes our way, Jesus already said, it is finished. And you know, it reminds me of a story of when I was a kid, I went whitewater rafting with my family. Has anyone been whitewater rafting? Yeah, it's pretty fun. It was in Colorado, it was in the mountains, there was a big rapids and big waves, and we were getting splashed by water, and I thought my boat was really fun, and then I saw the guys over there, and their boat had flipped. And you see, when people's boat flips in rapids, what you're supposed to do is you're just supposed to float. And you see, I saw that the people were floating, and they all stopped in the distance on this one big rock that was in this rapids. You see, some of the people could have tried to grab onto tree branches, but a tree branch breaks when the rapids are super strong and there's a ton of anxiety in our life. They could have just tried to stand on their own and really stick it out, but the water was too strong. They wouldn't be able to resist against the rapids. They could have tried to rely on people and try to hold on to people when anxiety was in their life and they were floating down the river. But that was too strong. They wouldn't be able to hold on. You see, the story that we just read is different for us. You see, for the Israelites, if we strike the rock like Moses did, we can't go to the promised land. But if we speak to the rock, we get to enter. You see, there's a conditional. But for us, we have a rock like the rock in the river that was stuck there forever, and it was finished. That rock was staying. We have Jesus as our rock. You see, if we skip church, Jesus still loves you. Did you know that? If you sin, Jesus still loves you. If there's pressures all around you and there's a ton of anxiety in your life,
Guess what the answer is? Jesus loves you. Even if you love Jesus with all your heart, soul, and mind, and life's going so well, Jesus' answer is still the same. He loves you. So when there's anxiety in our life, Jesus is the rock that never changes. You think, you see things that we try to cling on to, like Moses and his staff, they're gonna fail us, but Jesus will never will. So as we wrap up this series, that's the one important thing to learn. No matter what's around us, no matter how triggered I am because of what's around me and all my circumstances that are troublesome, Jesus is the rock. Life's gonna throw a lot at me. Just this week, as I was preparing for this message, I had school and I had sports and I had friends and I had parents that were just getting on me and I had a ton of anxiety. And every time I realized, hang on, this is all, this is all important to me, but the one thing that matters is Jesus. He's never gonna fail me. So when, when all that anxiety was in my life, I said, Zach, God's got it under control. He took care of it. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. So rest on those words. It is finished. Let's pray.